It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. This week on Brainerd Outdoors Radio, Brian Moon gets the week off. And reportedly, he's slaying the crappies in Wisconsin. I'll be looking forward to a report from him when he comes back next week. I'm Bill Satry from The Morning Show here at B93.3. And uh, great to be standing in for Brian this week as we get ready for the Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. We're going to have Benji Tennis and Sheena Ziegler in to talk about the extravaganza and all the things that are different about it this year because of the COVID-19 restrictions. They'll be on the show in just a little bit. First, we head up to Bemidji, where our friend Kevin Jackson has got a conversation with one of our good friends, a regular here on Brainerd Outdoors Radio, Brian Bro Brosdahl. Kevin Jackson takes it away from Bemidji. Always a pleasure to have Brian Bro Brosdahl. Bro, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me on. So let's, uh, well, we're, we're going to get into a, a lot of topics, but I'm going to start with something a little different for, between you and I, because when I think of Bro Brosdahl, I think of two things, fishing and ice fishing. But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about hunting. Do you hunt? I do. Actually, I, I absolutely love uh, grouse hunting, walking trails. There's so many, and we have such beautiful areas in Minnesota. I just love the surprise of trying to kick up a grouse or two. How was hunting for you this year? Uh, grouse was actually really good. Surprisingly, there were there were lots of them, and you know I didn't get a chance to go as much because I was busy in the fall. But uh, it was just a blast uh, getting out in. There's pockets for sure where there's just birds everywhere, and and then some dry areas too. But uh, and deer uh, season, I, I like to go for the rifle season because then my guiding's done. Uh, both season would be a little easier, I think. But uh, deer season, there's tons of deer. Uh, just they decided to not move during the day, and and uh, I don't have a helicopter, and I you know it's illegal to chase them with dogs, so I kind of uh, gave up on that. <laughs> so not a great deer season for you. <laughs> no, no, and and I, I, I was kind of fussy too. I don't want to. I wasn't out to take a small one. I want to see a little bigger one, but uh, it, it was sporadic. Uh, some of the neighbors had great opening days and and then nothing after that and then the second weekend there was a big flurry but i think that uh that warm-up makes them a little, a little lethargic so do you uh hunt with the with a certain group every year or kind of on your own uh no i actually i i'm usually on my own and i'm lucky if i'm even around during deer season and the last uh, four seasons uh it's been a deer in 20 minutes and this season i was entertaining uh Paul Nelson's daughter and her husband, uh, before he passed away, he was talking about if I could bring him over, and they seen lots of deer, uh, nothing they could take. Uh, we were uh, no does in our area. We've seen lots of does and, and smaller bucks, but um, it just, uh, the, the big ones were kind of lazy mm-hmm. and uh, at, at the time that they were hunting here. I kind of let them have the hunt, and I went fishing. <laughs> Maybe a good idea there. Um, the thing about I like about yeah. grouse, and, and and I agree with you. I I think I'm I didn't grow up in a hunting family, so I've never really delved into hunting too much. But I think I would prefer the uh, archery deer season, just because I think it's it's prettier. 
time of year. Uh, I like, you know, I, I, I just think it's more fun to be out in the woods in the fall than it is once the snow falls and the leaves are all gone and things like that. I've been going for the comfort uh, zones. I, I got stands with heaters in them. And uh, for me, I, I'm, 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 I have a hard time sitting there staring at nothing. So I hope there's something moving around. And because uh, when I'm fishing, there's always stuff. There's, you got your hummingbird to look at fish and all that stuff. But so deer season, if there's animals moving, grouse, something to keep you occupied, I like it. But uh, there's plenty of deer moving around. And in a heated stand, you're okay. You know, it just just uh, taking your time you can seal movement that way uh i've done a lot of open stand hunting my whole life and i'm starting to like the heated stands but we didn't <laughs> need them this year no no we did not <laughs> hey uh, one of the things that uh from an angler standpoint that's great about hunting season is it sure opens up the lakes and and gives you a lot of uh, privacy out there uh and that's that's one of the things those oh, hardcore yeah. anglers absolutely love oh yeah you know when i was actually out on the lakes and and i was on lakes uh near Bemidji and I was on lakes as far away as uh Turtle Lake near Marcel and I didn't hear very many shots in a day's time when I was out there fishing so I was kind of glad I was on the lake and not in the woods because uh, normally during deer season everywhere up here sounds like a war zone <laughs> and uh I didn't see I didn't hear that that much just sporadic and uh but that just means there's more for next year and there should be some big ones and if it continues with, with a lack of snow we're going to have a bigger deer herd for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about ice fishing. One of the things uh, we've had this year is absolutely beautiful ice. Uh, great ice-making weather right now. It is smooth. It is flat. Uh, whether you want to do a figure eight or play a little hockey or uh, ice fish, it's <laughs> it's been ideal. It has. And, and, you know, by the lakes blowing open earlier because we had some 30, 40-mile-an-hour gusts uh, several weeks back that, the lakes were skimmed over and it blew it all open over and over. Well, it was good for the local lakes because now when it got really cold, they were able to freeze flat, but some of the lakes are rough. I, I went over to Winnie to check it out, and if, if you're on the south side and look out, it looks like like a farm field, all lumpy and hmm. like, almost like uh, uh, just just a mess. I mean, that's gonna you're going to shake the paint off your jigs going across <laughs> that stuff, so hopefully they can... We can get a little snow, and then you can take a sled across it, you know. But uh, in other parts of winter, you're flat. <clears throat> so the stuff that blow open and froze, now when, when the ice breaks open from the wind, all the stuff that it blows ends up somewhere. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, the problem is it's going to freeze. And Lake of the Woods, if you go on my Facebook site, you can see some of the photos up there. There's areas of Lake of the Woods that are just chunks of busted up ice. And you weave in and out of it. You know, there's not a lot of snow, so you can see what's what. And, you know, the stuff that didn't uh, chunk up or have a lot of ice froze flat. So, uh, but we, in, the, in the area, we have some really good ice forming. And everybody should just remember, because I went out and I looked all over the place. There were vent holes on every lake, including small ones, even little crappie lakes uh, in the woods. Uh, you'd get almost to where the crappies are, wide open, mm-hmm. you're standing on six inches of ice. And so now you can't tell where they are, you know, because we had a little spritz of snow. So a spud bar is still handy. If you got a machine, spud and drill, measure. I know some guys, uh, I talked to uh, Carl up at Black Duck, their uh, timber line, and he said a couple guys on four-wheelers, this was about five, six days ago, but they're out. They decided to spud, and it went through in one, one hammer. So, 
you still got to check it. That's the thing about this time of year. It's a little more work. But all you got to do is is drill and check your way there, and you can drive off. You know, so then the work's done, and if everybody does their part, we'll have all kinds of different ways to get out there safely. And in uh, lakes that are that just got their ice, like Bemidji, Cass, uh, all these deeper lakes, they're going to be unilateral, so uh, they're going to slowly freeze and make ice unilaterally. But if there's two feet of ice, you know those lake freezing spots that had the vent holes, uh, you, you know there's going to be good ice there too. So once we get there, and that's just how it is. When it, when it goes really fast um, and freezes really fast, it's like anything else. It still hasn't cooled. What are you seeing as far as uh, average ice depth right now? I see a lot of uh, seven inches of ice oh. and, and even eight. And uh, up at Red, there's ten. And I was up at Lake of the Woods, and, and I was on ten and um, where I was at. And there was two inches, but it was marked, and, in, in, you know, I was advised not to go over there. So I stay away from that stuff. But uh, now... And that was before the big freeze. That was like a day before we went down to six below zero. And uh, so I'm sure that's definitely walkable by now. But we've got great ice forming. And uh, so last year we didn't have a lot of houses on Bemidji, which typically Bemidji will hold 450 houses uh, every year. Um, so there's there's quite a bit less pressure in the beginning winter. But late in the winter, there's tremendous perch pressure uh as a, when I went out there, every, everything that typically holds perch in my in my guide uh, uh, spots uh, were all open and fished many times. So it doesn't take long to, to add the pressure up. But uh, we didn't have to have a lot of houses. wasn't a lot of spearing. So that's a huge amount of walleyes and pike that stayed in the lake. And uh, so you're going to see some really good uh, fishing on Bemidji this winter. And being able to get around is a big thing for this this uh, year especially starting out with such a strange year that everyone wants to see go away <laughs> it's nice having a good ice season that's going to help the local businesses and when you're out make sure you stop in if you're fishing around cast go to md pond and bait if you're fishing bemidji go to northwoods and don't just go in and buy wax worms <laughs> come on you know with the price of gas being cheap you still spend 20 bucks or a lot more and buy some waxies, minnows, and some buckshot rattle spoons. But Timberline Sports and Black Duck, if you're heading up that way, make sure to um, you know just stop in, say hi, and buy a few things for the tackle box. Some glow shot uh, spoons. Uh, that's been the best. And surprisingly, um, you know, I like I, I, I'm a fan of uh, Glow Perch, which is a green and glow, but I got beat with uh, the gold and silver spoons um, in an eighth ounce, and they have a little red light stick you put in them. But those were phenomenal uh, last week. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to have to pick up some more because of the pike populations out there. But just great, great colors. Uh, that metallic gold and silver glow shot spoon is right at the top of the list for me right now. It's been really good. And then, obviously glow red or pink tiger if you're going to red lake and lake of the woods it's gold and uh and the pink tiger will be probably your best bets uh, how's the bite been 
Actually, it was, it was excellent. The consistent weather, the bite has been super good. Red Lake was really good. Then it kind of died, not because of the pressure, just because of uh, the weather. And it came back, and it was phenomenal. And in area lakes, it's it's more work getting out there and easier to catch. So mm-hmm. it used to be get out there, and then you had to work hard to catch fish. No, there's no working hard to catch fish right now. It's about as easy as I've seen it in years, and one of the best uh, early ice bites that I've seen. It doesn't matter where you go, the fish are biting. They do have their windows, uh, clear lakes, and uh, and with the up and down weather now, it seems morning and evening have been best for fish. And I, I'd, I'd pit the morning against the evening because there's many times we're getting there as the sun gets up, and I wish I was there a half hour earlier, and the fish are going bonkers until about 10, they shut off. And the lakes that have the daytime bites, you know, Lake of the Woods uh, and uh, Red Lake, not so much. Red Lake has been morning and evening, but you do get fish during the day because it is one of those lakes. The Lake of the Woods, banker's hours. That's why everybody <laughs> loves it. Where do you catch fish all day long? Lake of the Woods. Yeah. And and I tell you, it doesn't seem to matter the pressure that gets on that lake. It just keeps cranking it out anyway. Well, yeah, and... and like Red Lake, the uh, res side has, that's like a refuge for the fish, so to speak. And then Lake of the Woods, the same. The big bay is where everybody fishes. And by the time everybody can, you know, eventually they punt a road to Garden Island. And the DNR this year to help out the resorts, um, I'm hearing, is going to maintain a road to the angle because we can't go through Canada. Mm-hmm. So okay. definitely, if they do that, support those resorts up there i plan on if i can i'd like to go up there and uh and give them some business uh because the fishing up there is fun the big bay and the big basin that we have is where the big fish seem to be once you get past garden island it's 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 an eater place you know there's lots of uh 14 to 17 inches and then the occasional 20 to 23 but most of your big fish are on the in the basin and I truly think that the old-fashioned way, using snowmobiles, is the best way to go. Four-wheelers, not all the time. If you get a flat year where you can get around, yes. But snowmobiles, getting away from the roads, because Lake of the Woods is full of big fish. And in the summertime, the schools of fish will be a mile and a half long in, in many schools of them. In the wintertime, they punch the roads and they get a few fish, but you don't see all them big ones all the time. And so I truly think that once the roads are in, you'll you'll get a few fish, but those big schools of big walleyes avoid that stuff. So uh, if you go off on your own, definitely check, but uh, stay near snowmobile trails. But do your own thing and get off the road or use the road as a base camp if you're going to go up there. Uh, if you truly want to get some big fish, I think most of your fish are staying clear of that of that traffic. And uh, you got a big open basin, giant basin, and there's one little scratch that going down the middle that's super noisy all the time. Get away from that, and you're gonna you're probably gonna put some bigger fish up on the ice. And and they tend to be hard to see right away. Uh, I'm using a Humminbird 360 now, which is you all know what side imaging is, and you can see fish to the side. But I could drop this transducer down and let it sit for a little bit, and you could see fish in a complete circle around you. And it, and it shows really shows walleyes really well. And I used it last winter on Mille Lacs, um, 
going down there on the on the mud flats, and you can watch the fish coming through and adjust or drill holes all around, and you can meet them at a hole. It's kind of neat. Technology has really gotten crazy, uh, crazy good. In uh, uh, but still, you got to do your work. You got to get out there and uh, drill some holes. And, and if you just want to fish, uh, just go hold a hole and fish. Uh, just make sure you got you know the uh, buckshot, glow shot. Uh, spoons and and Lake of the Woods is a dead stick paradise. Uh, make sure you have the glow shot jig because it has a single hook or an eyeball jig and hook tail hook a, a fathead or a rainbow if you can get them uh, or a frozen shiner and put a dead stick down. You'll be surprised uh, that dead stick will, will fire off quite a bit. Just put it four to five inches off the bottom and you're going to get the lethargic fish to kind of hang down. And then you can go out and jig. Um, so the key things, buckshot, flutter spoon, the original buckshots, and then even a little gamma katsu pink hook or red hook with a split shot sometimes is, is a real key thing to try. Do you uh, do you guide uh, ice fishing, or you just do that for fun? Uh, 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 not as much as open water. Open water is... Uh, my, my main thing, uh, I do a lot of promotion, and I do take guide trips uh, if it works out in the schedule. But uh, definitely, if you want to go, we'll go. And uh, last year, the ice was horrible. Uh, we had uh, deep water that was over your boot kind of depth on the lakes, and um, it was pretty much, it wasn't really safe. Uh, the few trips I took, people were falling in, down in, like up to their, their hip, and I had one guy fall, a young guy, and he couldn't get back up because he pushed down in his arms, and he felt trapped like he doing the snow angel. Oh. And I had to reach down and grab him by the collar to lift him up because he couldn't get up. He put his hand down, and he couldn't reach down to the ice. That's how deep the snow and oh. the was. And I, after that, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to call some of my old clients and, and have them. Uh, but it was, it was, it was hilarious. I, <laughs> I think I... Uh, I laughed for about 10 minutes after that, but he couldn't get out and help himself get up. So describe uh, what an ice fishing trip, and, you know, we, we know when a guy, you go guiding, you meet your guide, you hop in the boat, and you go find fish. How does it work on an ice fishing trip? Ice fishing trip, uh, well, it's different from guide to guide, but with me, I'll have the, the best bite we have going. So if, if crappies aren't going to be a good thing to go for, and um, we'll go for perch or whatever we can get action, and then we'll go for walleyes. And we had we had to a spot where we could try to get some walleyes at about two o'clock because we have to get there about three, and they're already biting. You're like, wow, I should have been here an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And then some nights you get there early and you don't see a fish for two hours, but you just never know. And so we start with one fish and finish off with another fish because between the two of them. We're not going to, we shouldn't zero. I mean, they're natural creatures, but I like to, you know, try different stuff. It makes the day go faster and people have more fun. And I don't want a real big, big groups. I just want, you know, a handful of people. That way we can move around. And if I have three or four people, I spread them out. You know, it's not very social. And I did this before this year, you know, before the, the distancing. I spread people out if there's, structures close by within a couple hundred feet of each other i'll have them on their own and so that's how i can 
you know, have stack the odds in my favor by spreading out my clients. And then I pinwheel around and I try some stuff. And typically I'll start them where I know they can catch fish. And then I'm always looking because there's only so many fish down there and eventually it ends. So I'm always trying to find the next bite, you know, the next good uh, holes to put them in. And then we uh, switch spots and that's a good time as we're driving to another lake or another part of the lake for them to have their sandwich and then we'll finish up on a spot and i like to if i got a good walleye spot i'll put a a house out and uh a hard house like a skid house or a wheelhouse and that way when i leave at dark um they're not getting punished they can stay a little later and just lock it up themselves you know and mm. i've had you get someone from texas or something and they came all that way and they flew uh i don't want to make them leave the ice right at prime time and I had one guy stay out there till two in the morning and catch another eight fish from Texas. And uh, he didn't even fish in the house, but just having a home base for his buddies to be in and to heat it thing. So it's, and it's nice too. It's my exit strategy when I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I, I, I'm going to start heading home. <laughs> so yeah. having a hard house is nice. You can't, you can't leave portables on the ice. Right. So this year, of course, it started out, crazy there was no guiding for a few weeks but once it got going it sounded like most guides ended up having a pretty good year it it, it was uh i actually uh, lost out on quite a few corporate trips and the corporate trips are actually a lot of fun it in you know a lot of times ends up being a little tournament in the boat you know between mm-hmm. the different boats and guide boats and so basically all the corporate trips are all dried up and in you know there's a lot of us who had corporate trips so some guys some guys did better than others. You know, if a guy never had more than 40 trips in a year, no matter what he said, it might have been a better year for him. But for the people who had week-long corporate trips or three-day corporate trips for the last 10 or 15 years, it was kind of tough. Sure. You lose. That's that's hard to replace, and they're gone. And then you, you'll pick up other trips, and uh, everybody got busy. But that beginning when we were closed, missed out on crappie and i missed out on the early walleye it was it's more like three weeks and uh but uh so i'm hoping that doesn't happen yeah. again and uh uh but it, it was it was good good summer for everybody uh everybody got to stay busy and uh in a boat we're about as safe as you could be we're outside and if somebody had a little tickle in their throat they're coughing well, they're downwind. I, that boat turns, and they're downwind the rest of the day. Uh, they're not going to. I'm not going to be downwind to them. Right. <laughs> so, even if they're flying into the boat, they're downwind. And uh, so, but no, it, it was good. Uh, I can say though, I'd rather have a normal year and sure. get some of these nice groups and and uh, and individuals. I even had some families cancel that. Uh, and good, I wouldn't even call them clients, friends that actually hire me for four or five days. And I, we just enjoy fishing, and they're not out to, you know, fill their freezers with meat. They'll take a m- couple meals of fish, but they uh, they come typically every year. So I, though I lost all that. I lost all that uh, feed and seed groups that would bring their farmers and their. And I know a few other guides that you start building up that, and it's hard to replace it even with just call-ins during the day. So outside of that, it was it was a good year considering. <laughs> yeah. The way it started, I didn't know. Uh, do I hand my keys to the banker or throw them at them? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Um, and, and I do know that uh, we sold more licenses, and there was, uh, I, a lot of guides told me they saw a lot of people out fishing this year. Are we seeing the same kind of thing in the ice fishing season? Yeah, we are, and it was great to see that. And uh, um, there's there's more people fishing, and it's healthier. And some people are just getting reintroduced to fishing uh, again. You know, and some are starting to fish. They just want to learn how to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I had some, but I had some really cool uh, bookings last year. I had a family uh, from Maryland come up, and it was a, um, you know, a young couple and uh, they were at the mail in, for health reasons, and they wanted to come on a guide trip with me. They, they wanted to go with me. And they came, and they brought their, one of their kids with them, and they, we, we just absolutely hammered the, the walleyes. And so I was so happy. And uh, so a trip that was kind of sad for them, if you're going to the mail, there's stuff going on, but um, turned out great. And so there's some cool things like that, but... They they want to get into fishing more, and uh, that's a long drive. Uh, so I want to do well for them, and just everybody uh, seemed to enjoy the resources. The lakes were super busy. I thought, even um, you know, in the spring crappie parts, that's how you can kind of gauge things on lakes that have good spring crappie bites. Typically, there'll be a half a dozen to a dozen people, but you know, in some of those spots, there was. Uh, 40 to 60, 70 boats now in just about all those spots. So that's probably not good, but it's good to have everybody out there uh, fishing. And, uh, and, you know, hunting, I think the deer hunting was a little slower, but uh, as far as grouse and everything else, just outdoor activities picked up, and I, I like it. I, I like yeah. to see people getting out and having fun, and, and uh, it was a, the lakes were really busy this year, and that's good. Typically, this time of year, other than uh, getting some ice fishing for fun and doing a few uh, ice fishing trips, what is uh, what are the things that keep you busy, bro? Uh, between now and when uh, the water gets soft again. Well, I have uh, College of Ice is a uh, internet show that we're doing through kind of uh, kind of in between the Bro Road Show, uh, where, where I go to all the stores and visit and mm-hmm. do seminars and meet and greet people. Uh, and I've been doing that one for close to 20 years. Well, this year, you know, if I'm carrying around something, I don't want to cough on people. We had to come up with something. And through Frable Marketing and all my sponsors, we decided to do College of Ice. Uh, it's just, you know, you learn stuff. And it's it's an Internet show. And I, I'm getting it produced uh, by Steve Panaz and, and uh, another Internet guru, Kai. Uh, we've done 11 episodes and you can watch College Vice. You can watch every episode. Just go back, uh, go to Fravel online, or go to Brian Bro Brostall, and you can see all the old episodes Okay. on my website or on YouTube. And uh, we've had, we, we want to have a guest. Uh, and then uh, industry, like we've had um, uh, Humminbird on there. Uh, we're going to have Northland on there. Uh, we've got uh, Factory people from ice fishing we talk about ice conditions around minnesota uh new york and we've had uh Mm. guests talking about fishing out west ice fishing uh for uh jumbo perch not just cascade idaho there's lots of places and trout and and then uh towards the east coast new york uh as well as minnesota we had carl adams on there and talked about local what's going on in uh 
we've had Kevin Van Dam on there, and he ice fishes, believe it or not. Really? Uh, so that was a great interview. And then we had uh, Cuz Strickland from Mossy Oak was on. And how does this all come in? It was just funny having a guy from Mississippi talking about ice. And, <laughs> and uh, so it was an odd fit, but it was very hilarious. And so just something. And so we've been doing that, and that's not just to show up and press the button. It's That's an all-day affair there to get that thing going. But College of Ice is a one-hour show. Definitely check it out. It's casual, and we talk about ice, and um, and you can win prizes. But it was so popular, we only had one episode left, and we've extended it into January because of uh, uh, the showing that we've had. So Great. it's a fun little project. And then between that, yeah, uh, Midwest Outdoors uh, and uh, podcasts and radio shows, uh, I might, most of the time, I'm not fish, getting to fish a whole day. And when I am fishing, I've got to shoot for the sponsors. I've already had at least a dozen photo shoots. Typically, you—I know you do a few shows in the in the off season, but that uh, probably is not happening again this year. I would guess. Uh, no, not this year. I uh, talking with uh, marketing and stuff. There, there's a liability for me to go in and make sure. everybody sick if I'm carrying something. So. Uh, I can't wait to get this over with because I'm a people person. I like to see and look at people I talk to, and I have friends all over the Midwest and the country that I, I, I go to stores, and I want to support that part of my uh, the, my sponsors. I want to help them, you know, and just be there with the people. If you go to uh, a store in Minneapolis, they appreciate it. If you go to a store in, you know, Detroit or uh, southern Michigan or uh, Dakotas, they really appreciated Iowa, and uh, it sounds like a lot of work and a hassle. It's not. It's it's actually fun to do a seminar and, and show them what great Northland stuff I like to use, and in uh, what rods and reels and in aqua views, and so a little bit of that. But turning it from the shows, how do you stay? How do you keep out there? Well, you know, you, you add up the number of people you meet in going into the stores and then you add up how many this show is uh, affected and it's this is huge numbers it's kind of yeah. cool that something different and even though you know once once everything's back to normal i can go back in the stores i'll probably still be doing this college of ice because it, it turned out really well and uh, it's, it's good to keep people in the know uh and then also talk about where you could buy you know, uh, buck shots, what's the specials, and if we have a store on, they run deals. And what I'm, I don't even look at my schedule from day to day because I, I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so it's, it's an odd year, and uh, I'm glad we're, we're getting past it, and um, hopefully all those uh, vaccines work so we can get back to the normal. But I don't want people to stop fishing just because they're going to get busy again. Stay fishing and keep the outdoors as part of their their legacy of their family and i think it's important to pass on the sport it is important it's uh it's healthy uh unless you experience it i guess you don't understand what joy there is in just being out there uh even if you don't catch a lot of fish well yeah and and the lucky thing if if you live in the brainerd area lakes bemidji uh longville or wherever you live if you live you know, in on the edge of Duluth, you're going to have great ice, and you got great fisheries that people drive 
uh, from far, far away just to have a, a, a few hours or a few days to fish. So we're super spoiled up here, and uh, we know we got it good. And it's uh, one of those things that it's in our blood up here is to, to fish and hunt. And, you know, even tournaments are fun. And, you know, it's fishing can be as simple as you want to make it. And uh, ice fishing is tremendously popular because here you don't need a boat. You can walk out there, and you can walk out on the lake. Um, of course, safety equipment, but we won't go in too much about that, but safety equipment and four inches of ice. You walk out there with a bucket and a chisel and a variety of Northland tackle. Uh, now, if you want to fish more and more pro, add electronics, a Humminbird Helix, uh, add an Aquaview so you can see what's below, and then uh, an auger. You know, an auger's... I don't even know anybody that's using a gas auger anymore. Maybe some of my relatives, but I know up at Lake of the Woods, they still have the old Warhorse great big augers, but everybody's got an electric auger now, and uh, there's a new one coming on, Razor. You can look it up, Razor, but without the O-R, it's R-A-Z-R. Okay. I signed up with them because they have these little scout augers. You put them on your drill that you have in your garage, brushless hammer drill, whether it's uh, Milwaukee, Dewalt, Makita, whatever, you put you put it in there, and it, they're super light. And you, we had one battery, uh, uh, a Milwaukee hammer drill with a large battery, had 90 holes on it through six inches of ice, and it was it, we never wore it out. Wow! That's how many we drilled in a day on a clicker, 90 holes on that. So. That was on a, a six-inch bit, but, you know, on Razor, I have, uh, if you want to check out and drill a huge amount of holes, you put a four-inch bit, when you find the fish, slap the big one in there and drill a big hole. You could, Even though you can pull a lot of fish through a six-inch hole, some people like a bigger hole. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's, yeah they're yeah. just making life easier it, and easier for us. It makes it easier, but, you know, one thing, too... Um, I'm not a fan of volcanoes, and we all know what those are. When you're drilling a hole, (laughs) and people just drill and lift it up, and they got volcanoes, and you can see volcanoes from outer space. So if you're you're trying to protect the spot, don't leave volcanoes. And every single hole that I drill, whether it's a small hole, big hole, 100 holes, every one of them's flat. Because even if there's, you know, the only time I leave holes is if I leave uh, kind of a, a bait and switch kind of area. If I want to get people to go somewhere, I'll make volcanoes, <laughs> and that's a magnet for, for outer staters. If they see volcanoes, they're on it like wolves on a deer carcass. <laughs> and so, messy holes are nice, but no volcanoes. Okay, how long have you been doing this now? Oh, I, I've been doing this for uh, over twenty years. About twenty-four years, I had my first cash sponsorship, and. Uh, and it's it's just amazing, and I never knew how long it was going to last, and I never considered myself a pro. I'm just a person that likes to fish, but sometimes you, you you mold into that person. You don't even know you're doing it, and I don't even know. When I'm at a store, I'm not looking at the clock. I'm you know I'm just enjoying myself, or if I'm on the ice with people, mm-hmm. you just don't even know. And next thing you know, the sun is setting. You're like that day went by fast. <laughs> Well, if you can do that for a living, that's a good thing. It is. I'd rather 
uh, be a promotional side than the tournament side because you're only as good as how you did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Well, bro, if people are uh, planning their uh, summer already, uh, how do they get lined up with you? Oh, just go to brosguideservice.com and shoot me a note. I'd love to take you in my ranger boat. Awesome. And, and once again, uh, how do we uh, how do we find the show to watch? It's College of Ice. College of Ice. It in, and okay. It's, it's going to be streaming on Frable or at Brian Bro Brostall or at my YouTube page. And you'll be able to find it as soon as you type it in. There's 11 episodes. You can watch them all. Really cool. It's a fun show, and we're, we're doing this for you to distract you and something interesting to watch on the Wednesday nights. The next one's next Wednesday. All right. Brian Bro Brosdahl, my guest. Great friend of the show. We love having him on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Kevin Jackson, for stepping in and helping us out. And uh, always good to hear from Brian Bro Brosdahl here on the show, a regular contributor here to Brainerd Outdoors Radio. Up next, we're going to check in with the JCs. We've got Benji Tennis. And Sheena Sigler coming on to talk about the Brainerd JC's ice fishing extravaganza next. And welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors. And we head up north for the Up North Report. Haven't talked to him in a little while. Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, joins us. And uh, we're going to talk to Matt about a variety of things, as we always do. Uh, CRP enrollment is something that we're going to chat about, but uh, I think the first thing, Matt, we're going to talk about is fishing, um, because I'm sure you guys got pretty decent ice up there, and you're starting to see more and more anglers on the lakes. Yeah, um, you know, our ice was looking really good to start the season, and uh, and then we got a little bit of snow, and it kind of hindered things a little bit, and now we've been in this warm spell, and... We are kind of in a big holding pattern, if not maybe even losing a little bit of ice. Um, good thing is the snow is getting knocked down, but we're looking at more snow incoming, and then in the next week it's supposed to get really cold. So hopefully that snow misses us and we just get the cold weather because we, we could definitely use some more. We're only, um, like where my rentals are, we're only sitting on 13 to 15 inches of ice maximum. Um and we've got some spots on the lake that are 11 and a half, 12 inches. So uh, people really need to use caution. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard about um, the gentleman who went through on Lake Irving, which is connected to Bemidji, and uh, ended up losing his life. So my heart goes out to, to family and friends of that gentleman. Um, it's just an unfortunate deal. Um, you're dealing with two lakes that have the Mississippi River running through them, and there's a lot of current, and uh, got to be you know, really aware of that and anything can happen. It's ice. Where is, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever been on Lake Irving before. Where is that in proximity from Lake Bemidji? So if you're driving through Bemidji and you drive over the bridge where the Mississippi River is, uh, Lake Bemidji is on your right and Lake Irving is on your left. So it's just a small section of the Mississippi River um, where the current blasts through um, and... I mean, basically, Irving is touching Bemidji, uh, the town of Bemidji, as well as um, Lake Bemidji through that little channel of the Mississippi River. So um, there, if there wasn't that landmass in the way, they'd almost be the same lake. So. 
That wasn't the lake that you blindfolded Steve Sapaniak and I when we were up fishing with you to go pan fishing, was it? No. No, it was not. But not far from there. So. Okay. Yeah, we won't uh, we won't bring up that lake either, but uh, that was interesting because you're like, you guys cannot talk about this. We're like, okay. <laughs> and so, um, I've never ha- done that to anyone ever. <laughs> How's the fishing been up there, Matt? Um, is, is, you know, the walleye bite been pretty good? Yeah, the walleye bite's been, it, it's, like most years, it's hit or miss. Um, you know, we, we've got our houses on perch, which is what we try to keep them on for uh, daytime entertainment. You know, we want people to, to maximize their amount of time here, so we don't want them to come here for the weekend. And if we put them on a walleye spot, they might only catch them, you know, at sunup and sundown and then, uh, you know, have nothing to do the rest of the day and in the middle of the night or whatever. So um, on the perch spots, you get walleyes that come through, and one day a house will catch a dozen and the next day the houses won't won't catch more than one or two so it it's really hit or miss where we're at but you know we're sitting out on uh, like deep tent and transitions and mud flats um the guys sitting on brake lines in the evenings and in the mornings they're catching you know five six walleyes four or five six walleyes um, during those twilight hours and then some people are getting them through the night too that are sitting in shallow shallow water but you kind of have to pick your poison on what you want to do, and you know, running a rental operation, we have to uh, kind of go what's uh, with what's best for <laughs> for everyone in the crew. So, um, so we don't concentrate heavy on those walleye bites. But me and Tate went out and sat on one of my favorite little walleye spots one evening after we checked on renters, and we did pretty well. Um, it, it doesn't take doesn't take much to go out and find a, a few if you're just out for a couple hours, but if you're going to spend a substantial amount of time, you're going to want to mix it up. So that's good to know. Tactic-wise, what do you like to do? Jig and spoons with minnow heads. Uh, Northwoods Bait and Tackle here has rainbows, which has been awesome. Typically, you don't find much for rainbows in January, so <laughs> uh, for them to have rainbows in stock has been really nice, and uh, you know you can get some some high-grade rainbows that are larger to have on your tip-up lines, and then I'm just jigging with a spoon and a minnow head, um, and that seems to be doing the, the trick for for anything that comes in that wants to eat. Um, and then a lot of the guys in the rental houses during the day, um, maybe midday when the bite starts to slow down just the hair, they'll throw crappie minnows on or even even jigging uh, waxworms or, or maggots and doing well that way too. But pretty much all on jigging spoons, um, and even for the crappies and bluegills, we've been using smaller jigging spoons um, or or using tungsten drop jigs from Clam, with uh, packed with maggots. And the crappie and bluegill bite has been fantastic. One of the one of the better years I can remember. I wish I just had more time to go out and do it for myself. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? Uh, up shallow right now, Matt, or are you starting to work a little deeper as the ice gets a little bit better? No, it's been, uh, something that's been kind of interesting this year is, uh, with the panfish, we've been concentrating less on basin fish. You know, typically if you're going to go fish crappies, you're going to fish them over those deep basins and they're going to be suspended, you know, five, six feet up bottom. And that bite really didn't materialize that well. I mean, it did. Um, but we were finding bigger fish, like adjacent to humps in like 14 to 20 feet of water. 
Um, and even some up as shallow as 11, 12 feet of water and riding pretty close to the bottom within the bottom two feet. And that's kind of what we've been concentrating on is um, close to ledges or humps um, with deep water adjacent, but um, more in shallow than typical. Um, I, I know I've had a couple of memories, and one of them I actually looked at this morning. Um, I had a picture of a really big crappie, and I was looking at the Vexlar in the picture, and, and it was like 35 feet of water, and I'm like, man, I haven't, I haven't found fish that deep at all this year. So. And how about the perch bite up there? Because Lake Bemidji is well known for, uh, you know, having a, a really good perch lake. And uh, how are people doing if they're going after them right now? Yeah, the perch bite's been fantastic. Our renters have been, uh, they've been really crushing from a number standpoint. And then um, every day I, I'm at least getting a picture of a couple of those really big fat jumbos. Um you know, and every once in a while we'll have a day where the jumbos are really going and, you know, they might have 15, 20 nice, really big, fat perch. But, I mean, even the average size, you're catching 9, 10-inchers, and uh, and those are great eaters and and give you a heck of a fight in in, in its own. So they're, they're doing good. Um, the bite is really strong kind of all over the lake, too. And, uh, you can get them on the north end or the east side or... In the center of the lake, I mean, they're they're all over the place. So, I'll never forget uh, the biggest perch I've ever caught in my life was with you up there on Lake Bemidji, and they're in there. And that, and that, honestly, I'll never forget that fish because that is one of the five biggest perch I've ever seen come out of Lake Bemidji. That thing was an absolute giant. Yeah, that so was. You were spoiled. I was, and the thing was, is I we had just set up. And I don't know if I dropped my line down 30 seconds after we set up, and that's when I caught it. I mean, that that's just fishing for you. Yeah. I mean, we did really well that day, I remember, but um, but the size that day was uh, extraordinary. Very good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, CRP enrollment, because I know you're heavily involved with a lot of uh, waterfowl stuff and a lot of, uh, you know, grouse and, and, and everything like that. Um, what can you tell me there? Sure. So CRP enrollment uh, opened up here in the last uh, couple weeks, and it runs all the way through February 12th. And for those who don't know, CRP, uh, the Conservation Reserve Program, and what it allows farmers to do or or landowners or cattle owners, uh, people who want to get some of their their land, uh, their acreage turned back into native prairie grass, which uh, which is very important for uh, specifically for me, sharp-tailed grouse um, and prairie chickens and and things like that. But but also um, really helps out with like deer and fox and things like that because they can rear their young in these tall prairie grasses um, where animals can hide and get away from hawks and other predators. Um, we do, we've we lost so much CRP uh, since the 80s uh, that it's crazy. And specifically since the, around 2005, 2007, that, that time frame was when CRP was at its highest and we were seeing really stable numbers and increasing numbers of, of even prairie birds, uh, birds, that we don't think of as as game or anything, but um, we've lost huge numbers of all these things. 
And if people can look at CRP and, and re-enroll, we can get some of that CRP back on the landscape. Uh, it's going to greatly improve a lot of the wildlife, uh, specifically uh, like sharp-tailed grouse and things like that, and specifically in the Northwest. Um, so people who have property in the Northwest and, and want to look at CRP, um, go to your local ag department, fill out the application, uh, see if, if you qualify, and you enroll in this, and it turns some of your land back into native prairie grass and any cash paycheck. So you get paid to just let your land sit idle and turn back into uh, what it was native. And it helps with so many different things like uh, soil, uh, water, you don't get as much runoff if you have CRP, things like that. So um, there, are, the benefits are endless. I could keep going and going and going, but um, but the appeal for the general public is it's a money maker for you if you're a landowner. So uh, you make money and you help conservation in 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 the same hand. It's uh, it's a win win. And speaking, you mentioned sharp-tail grouse. That's something that's near and dear to your heart. But I know you like to uh, hunt for rough grouse as well up in your local area how did you do uh this past year it was my third best season um as far as numbers uh of numbers bird of birds put up and number harvested that i've ever had and and uh i was super thankful to have a 13 year old that is so addicted to the outdoors now um so i was able to share it with him i i actually shot my my minnesota grouse slam uh, I shot a prairie chicken, sharp tail, a rough grouse, and a spruce grouse all in the same season, and all behind uh, my my wonderful dog. Um, and my son was with on almost every trip except for my prairie chicken. So um, he was able to, he keeps bragging about he shot his first limit of grouse. So he, he had five in one day on a trip we took up, up north, and, and uh, he... He shot a ton of birds this year. I just let him kind of work behind the dog for the most part, and and I was the handler and and shot when the opportunity arose. Um, but yeah, we we saw a lot of birds this year, and uh, and we put down a lot of birds and ate well, and uh, and we're happy to be selective. And uh, it was a it was a great year, and made up for lost time after not getting to hunt last year. So, how was your waterfall season? It didn't exist because we were chasing grouse. Oh. <laughs> um, I think I think I think I goose hunted twice, and I duck hunted twice, and that was it. And both times uh, for ducks, we, I mean, we shot some. Uh, we had we had one really good diver hunt, and then one kind of mediocre diver hunt. Um, I didn't even go out after puddle, puddle ducks at all, and uh, and goose hunting was was fair. Um, but we just we didn't scout really. Uh, we didn't put any investment into it because we were so busy chasing uh, rough grouse. So that ate up my entire season. And then when deer season came around, I had two diehards that wanted to go every day, my wife and my son. And I shot my my deer opening opening weekend and, and wanted to grouse hunt the rest of the time, but they wanted to chase the big bucks. And my wife shot a really big one, and my son shot a little buck. So it was, uh, it was a good year. Sounds good. That's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out, northcountryguides.com. I appreciate it as always, Matt, the information, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy? Sounds great. 
More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Be sure to catch the Country Top 40 every Saturday morning with me, Fitz, on today's best country, B93.3.